welcome to Karen the Load podcast. It's Mark and Annette Anderson, and we have Monica Ortega with us today. Thank you for joining us, Monica. Thank you so much for having me on. Monica is a professional on-camera host, speaker, and actress from Holt, Michigan. She created the online travel show Monica Goes in 2015 to inspire others to break out of their comfort zones and go on adventures. As someone who's afraid of everything, she'll put herself through almost anything to show that if an average everyday person like her can do these things, anyone can. She's produced and hosted over 100 episodes, created destination videos for over 40 DMOs, and been featured on Matador Network, USA Today's 10 Best, Insider Travel, REI, and more. Monica has spoken openly about how her personal setbacks have helped her pivot into creating a life that she loves. She speaks at events around the country, helping others to embrace change and create their own dream life. Monica MCs at some of the biggest music festivals in the nation and has been seen in over 20 commercials on TV. She is also a co-host on the podcast, Stumbling Forward, which is all about the missteps of entrepreneurship and life. When she's not traveling, Monica can usually be found out on a hiking trail with her adventure dog, Millie, exploring her, their new home in Denver, Colorado. So welcome, Monica. I love so many things in this this little introduction bio. One, we love to hike. And so hiking the trails, we can really relate with with you on that. So Monica, we we uh, make it a habit of uh, wanting to make sure that to those that we have on our podcast are those that to have an incredible message. And and uh, we are very particular in who we uh, bring on. And and as we were going through your bio, as we were going through your YouTube's, and and, and we're going to talk about that as well because that's that's another interesting thing. We we look for commonalities in our message. And uh, we, we found something very interesting, and that is, is that, that your likes and uh, your passions are very much in line with our passions and likes. As Annette mentioned, we love to hike, and uh, we, love, we live at the base of the mountain in Utah, and uh, there's, there's nothing better than starting your day up on a mountain trail. And so we love that. We love to travel. And we've really missed traveling. We, we had two scheduled trips to uh, Kauai uh, this year and last year. And uh, because of uh, obvious reasons with COVID, we weren't able to do it. And so we're looking forward to getting back on the road again and doing some fun things. Let, let's get right into this idea of pivoting. When we were looking at uh, your, your uh, information there, that one word, pivot, really seemed to stand out. And, and I have to ask you a question first. And, and this question has to do with how you look at pivoting. And when I, when I look at pivoting, I, I had to go to the, uh, to the dictionary because I know that there's more than one meaning of the word pivot. If you look at, uh, if you look at pivot as a, as a noun, pivot is the central point in which a, me a mechanism turns or oscillates. If you look at it as a verb, pivot is as if on pivot, meaning maybe she swung around pivoting on her heels. Now, which of those two meanings, the, the noun or the verb, can you really relate to more than, a, than the other? Oh, great question. Um, <clears throat> I think it's both. I think it's, it's making those changes. But I, I fell in love with the word pivot because to me, it's a little bit gentler than the word change, right? Everybody thinks change is scary. Pivot is just let's see what happens in this direction. Like it just feels a little bit more 
curious and a little bit more gentle in terms of where you're going with your life. So that's what I really connected with, with the word. I like how you describe that because change, it does bring up that anxiety and that fear, but pivoting doesn't. And I appreciate why we focus on that a little bit instead of change, because the power of pivoting, which is the title of your new book, correct? And it's just coming, it's just going to be released, or it has just been released, hasn't it? Yeah, I I sneak attack released it, but April 1st is the official release date. (laughs) So it's exciting, but there is a power in that. And I think that so often people get stuck in that rut and that same old, whether it's good or not, they don't like change. And so there's that power. Yeah. And that was really the goal with it too, is I want people to embrace change and see it as an opportunity and look for the good in it. Because sometimes whether it's a change that we meant to do or something that happened to us, there is power in it if you can embrace it. And if you can look at those setbacks as setups and go, okay, well, where do I want my life to go? And, you know, I think when everything happened in 2020, everybody was sort of left with all these sudden changes and it's funny, I always say I'm, I'm not an expert in anything, but I realized very quickly, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty good at change. I've done it a lot in my life, in career, relationship, all sorts of things. Um, and so I thought maybe I can help people make this an easier time and lean into that pivot instead of fearing it. So, so let's explore that just for a second, Monica. One of the things that uh, you, you said I think really stands out, and that is, is that uh, sometimes we need to look at setbacks uh, as setups. What, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think so often in life we, we get to the end and then we look back and go, oh, all of those quote unquote mistakes made sense, right? But in the moment, we don't always see it that way. So, you know, a big thing for me personally that I talk about in the book is my unexpected divorce. Um, and it was the first time in my life that I kind of asked myself, okay, well, the plan blew up. So I've got this blank slate now. So what do I want to do with my life? Where do I see it going? Who do I want to be? You know, I started asking all these big questions. And obviously, one of my goals is to get people to ask those questions before their life blows up in that way. But, you know, I did sort of see it as an opportunity and thought, okay, well, I get this, you know, sort of second chance. And what do I want to do with it? And how do I want to inspire people? So I, I flipped it and saw a lot of opportunity. Obviously, it was a very hard time. But so much good came out of it that it also made all the hard stuff worthwhile and a little bit easier. It's amazing how you were able to take that and flip it because divorce is painful. That grieving process, it, it, you really grieve what blew up, what you thought life was going to be. But what a great opportunity for all of us to learn that you can take a hard thing, a, a tragic thing, and turn it into this positive, where now you've learned, you, you've applied some of these things, and now you want to pay it forward. You're helping others on their journey in life and pay it forward so that they can maybe learn some of these things that you have learned along the way. Well, that's what's interesting, too, is I never planned on writing a book. It was never on my list of things to do, uh, even a year ago, actually, because I was so in the travel space. And then when everything kind of came to a halt, I started thinking about it and I thought, well, I can't write a book. I'm in the middle of the story. And then I thought, well, my middle might be somebody else's beginning. 
And maybe I have learned some stuff along the way that can help people that are just starting to go through that change in that pivot. And when I sat down to write, it was like, I, I couldn't stop. And I think it was like three weeks later, I had a book and I said, oh, I guess I did have some stuff to share. <laughs> so, so in the end, I'm glad I did. Oh, I am so glad you did too. And that's really everything that Karen the Load is about is creating those trail markers, creating you know, that Karen, you love to hike. You see, you know, the, the Karens on the trails that help us know where to turn, which direction, that someone's been there before. And just like you said, your middle, somebody else is at the beginning. And what you shared in this book is going to be so, so helpful to that person who their life just blew up. I hope so, so. So, so question for you, Monica. Uh, you mentioned that a year ago your mindset began to change, and you know, regardless of circumstance or situation, I think that all of our mindsets began to change about a year ago because of uh, you know career changes. You know, I, I know me personally. I work from home now, where I was a uh, I, I was a go to the office every day kind of a guy. And, and that has really changed. And I look at the pivot there. I look at pivots in relationships. Uh, I, I look at so many different pivots and so many different uh, growth areas in our lives there. How, how does one gain the faith necessary to, to make those changes, to pivot? Uh, I, it's not, as Annette said, it's not an easy thing to do. And sometimes I know people that we've talked to just have, it's a difficult thing just to get out of bed every morning because of change, because of the need to pivot, and maybe they don't feel comfortable in doing that. Can you give us a couple of ideas as to how we can get that mindset to make that change happen? Yeah, there's a few things. I mean, well, you mentioned probably the most more, the most important, which is having faith. Um, and that's different for everybody. But for me, that's a huge part of my life. And that's definitely something that got me through is knowing that there is a plan, even if I may not see it. Um, but also because I'm a type A person and I need things to do, um, I personally try to use those times of change to reevaluate. So I do all the woo-woo stuff that I was so anti for a very long time, which is, you know, creating the vision board, visualizing what I want my life to look like, journaling it out. But then I take it one step further and I work it backwards. So let's say career just blew up. Okay, I don't know what I want. So I sit down, I go through the visualization. Okay, if I wake up in my dream day, what does it look like? Who am I next to? What does the room smell like? Are there kids? You know, all these different things. And then I think, okay, if that's what I want my life to look like 10 years from now, what does it look like one year from now? And sort of like that running analogy, you know, I ran a marathon and I couldn't run at all. And so I thought if I want to run a marathon two years from now, I have to work it back to what I can do today, which was run half a mile, you know, and then you build up to those things. So once you start putting in those daily practices of who you want to be and where you want to go, you're already on the right track. And then you just kind of trust the journey as you go. And in terms of, you know, the emotions that come along with it, I'm, I'm really a big mental health advocate. And it's something that I address in the book is building out a mental health toolkit, I call it. And that is, um, you know, finding some things that work for you. Maybe one day it is staying in bed. I'm definitely all about honoring your feelings. And if you just can't do it that day, don't do it. Don't try to. Don't feel like you should, but then also have some other things in that toolkit for the next day. Okay. Stayed in bed yesterday. Check that one off the list. Maybe the next day I say yes to an invite that I don't actually want to go to, but I know I need to, uh, you know, so figuring out the things that work for you 
kind of building up that toolkit and then working yourself through that and then putting yourself through those steps will get you through the hard times. It may take a long time, but it'll get you through. (laughs) It's so important to honor those things. And I love how you said, you know, if it's a stay in bed day, then okay. The problem is, is when it's every day. And so we have to have that toolkit. We have to build that mental health toolkit. And I and I think it's it's funny because we all go through different things, stages in our lives where, you know, the woo-woo stuff where we think, I will never do that. Well, I'm right with you. I I now meditating, you know, just being, you know, doing so many things, yoga, breathing. But having the toolkit, having those tools and resources that, you know what, when I feel this way, I have a plan. I know what will work to help me get to the next step, to get over this this mountain or, you know, climb out, whatever it is. And it's just powerful to prepare. And I love how you took it to the next step when you started visualizing and you could smell you know, even down to being able to, you know, what it would smell like in that room or in your life. And those, that visualization is just another powerful thing in, in our lives. And I think one of the best things about this last year is it forced us to slow down and we had to see, we had to sit with some of that pain, at least for me, I just wanted to stay busy. And and because my busy things, my toolkit was full of being busy and going and doing, and I couldn't go and do. And, and so I had to, I had to really be still and go inside, but it created this toolkit that will benefit me forever now and learn these skills that I can now, like you, pay it forward and, and show people a little bit you know, this is a great thing to do. This is what happens when you feel this way. And instead of feeling like I'm alone or, you know, now it's, Oh, look at this whole world and everyone that I've come at, not everyone, but most people that I've come in contact with are far more um, open and re- and are vulnerable with the fact that they have struggled with mental illness and depression and anxiety this last year where they never had before. So there became this something that we all have in common that I don't think people thought we did. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because, you know, I don't want to get too much in the global stuff because we've all lived it, but it's kind of like when you go into the office and somebody is negative, right? It's really hard to not take that on. And then suddenly you feel like crap. So we're going through this time where the entire world has that low energy. And so, of course, that kind of seeps into our life. And I think it's more important than ever to be aware of what's going on in our mental health and to be really kind to ourselves and give ourselves those breaks that we need. And like you said, be sure it's not every single day. And that's both. You can't be busy every single day because you'll crash. You can't lay in bed every day because you'll go to a dark place. So having those things to kind of balance out. And people are talking about it now, which is great because we're all going through the same thing at the same time but in our own different ways. Exactly. So, so you, you mentioned something a minute ago about uh, having a vision board. 
And, and, and we agree. In fact, one of the things we talk a lot about uh, is having vision of having a clear cut uh, uh, idea as to what we want and to how we go about uh, getting it. But how do we be careful that uh, that vision board doesn't become something that's unrealistic? It seems like sometimes we want everything and we put it all down on paper. I want to be married by the age of 25. I want to have three kids. I want this. I want that. And and when that doesn't happen the way that we have sketched it out, uh, we, we 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 have difficulties. We 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 fr- get frustrated. Well, I think it comes down to again creating those daily things and working it back right. So it's great. To, I mean, I have a vision board it's right behind me. Uh, I'm all about it, and I create a different one each year to check in with myself and to say, do I still want these things? But I, I try to put it all into practice, right? So I do the visualization in my head. What do I want it to look like? What's the dream job? Then I put it into a physical form on a vision board, and then I put the plan in. So if on my vision board, it's actually funny that it says, like, write a book, and that was before I even started to think about writing a book. I thought, okay, well, if I write a book, what would the title be? What would it be about? And then you work it back. Okay, well, I'm going to break it into chapters, and you you got to chunk it down, and then you're kind of on the path to those things, but also going back and reevaluating, right? Because sometimes the vision board doesn't match up with us anymore. You know, I know having a vision board with kids and marriage, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a divorce, okay, make a new one. And it can also be a really exciting way to look at the blank slate ahead instead of looking at it going, these things didn't happen. And then being really careful to not use that to beat yourself up or compare yourself to others for thinking, I haven't hit these milestones yet. My thing is, if you still like who you are and you still like the direction you're going in, then it's just a matter of time. You're still going the right way. Now, if you don't like who you are and you don't like the direction you're going in, go back to square one. Okay, let's make a new vision board. Let's figure out what it is I actually do want and who I want to be. That's important. I'm looking at your book, The Power of Pivoting, Finding Yourself Mid-Pivot. I think many of us have lost who we are, whether it's we need to reinvent ourselves, which we talk about with the vision board. But whether we lose sight of who we are because we are now our job title or, you know, whether that's a mom, a wife, you know, an attorney, a host, you know, whatever that is, we lose sight of who we are. And I love, and we talk about this often at Care in the Load about finding yourself, finding me. How do you... In your, um, in your book and in life, help others find themselves. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the hardest things, right? Especially in an unexpected change, because all of a sudden you're mourning the loss of what you thought you had, who you thought you'd be, all these things, whether that's a divorce, a job loss, you know, you take an athlete that they've done it their entire life and then it's taken away from them. Who am I if I'm not a basketball player? You know, whatever it is. So that's the first part is working through, okay, If that's not it anymore, what do I actually want? Who do I really want to be? And um, I had a therapist give me the best advice. And this was just, you know, relationship wise. She said, okay, one of the hardest things coming out of divorce is suddenly you don't have that title. You don't know who you are. Your future is not what you thought it would be. So who do you want to be? And go back to, for me, you know, it was a very emotionally abusive divorce. So I had to kind of rebuild myself. So I went back to the qualities I liked in myself before and started thinking, okay, I want to bring these back into my life. And literally it was like, join a band, go dancing. You know, the things that I used to do that I loved and maybe some of it didn't work. Well, okay, don't bring that in. 
And then there's things I thought, oh, I'd always wanted to try this, but I didn't feel like I could. So you start building out the qualities of what you want, who you used to be, and where do you want to go moving forward? So it's okay to like mourn that loss. But then again, it's trying to flip that mindset and see it as an opportunity for, okay, well, that didn't happen. So what can I do moving forward? So, so we're seeing another side of Monica now. Join a band. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I bounced around in the entertainment career. That goes into all the pivoting and careers. Um, I knew I wanted to be an entertainer and didn't know how. And so I lived in Nashville for a while to sing and write country music. And then I ended up in L.A. to do acting. Um, but I, I really enjoyed live events, whether it's hosting them, acting in them, or singing in them. And I always realized that was going to be a part of me, even if I had no desire to be in the music industry. So I started joining cover bands and it was like this alter ego. And it's, it's so much fun. I used to have the worst stage fright. My mom said, uh, she said, you know, you're really good at acting and you're really bad at being on stage singing because you're so nervous. So she said, why don't you act like a rock star? And so I would, I mean, I would change my clothes. I would do a fake mohawk. Like I would do the whole thing. And it was <laughs> so much fun to just have this alter ego on stage and yeah, I really miss that. That's one thing that I, I would love to get back to when things get a bit more normal. That's that's great. So let's let's transition. I guess we we could say we should pivot for a moment here uh, <laughs> to you know the fact that uh, you you love to travel as well, and whether we're traveling or whether it's life, destinations are important. Uh, let's let's talk about destinations as it pertains to life. Uh, do we set ourselves up sometimes thinking more about the destination than the journey? Yes. I mean, I, I say that's one of my biggest faults was that I believed that life was linear. I believe you go to high school, you go to college, you got to meet someone, you got to have babies. And so I was just checking the boxes to get to the destinations. And then it didn't exactly take me where I wanted to go or where maybe I should have gone. In the end, it did, because I believe everything happens for a reason. But um, yeah, I was so obsessed with getting to these destinations that I was missing the entire journey. And in, in fact, would it be fair to say that the journey itself uh, makes the destination uh, more of maybe what uh, we, we would hope it would have been? Maybe it, maybe it was a different destination. Maybe we had to take a detour along the way. But uh, that detour made it so that uh, the destination was was so much, so much better when everything was said and done. Absolutely. I believe, um, you know, I mean, just my personal faith, I believe God was like, okay, not the path I would have chosen for you. We're still going to get you to the end goal. Maybe it'll go the long way around, but I'll throw in some lessons for you, you know? And so in the end it worked out. But um, yeah, I think once we get to where we can enjoy the journey and we know we like who we are along the way, it makes life fun. Like I know I have these big giant goals, but now I just enjoy my day to day. I feel like I'm, I'm awake because I like who I am. So it's a, it's a different mindset when you can enjoy the journey. I believe that we never really arrive at the destination. I love this picture that I have. And there's this woman and she's, you know, it's, she's been hiking and climbing this mountain and she's standing on the peak and she's looking out and there's valleys and there's more mountains and there's valleys and there are more, more mountains. And we don't ever arrive at least in in my life, I don't think I'm ever going to arrive. It's that journey of becoming. And I always want to learn to pivot. I always want that power of becoming. And, and you know, whether I pivot on my heel or 
I absolutely, you know, jump off a cliff to get somewhere else because I'm completely in the wrong place. Yeah. Having that courage to, to change. And I think being open to that change, because I think so often we get stuck on the destination, right? And then we mm-hmm. think this is the path I'm on and I got to keep going on this path. But if it's not a good path, it's okay to change and being curious as to how things may look. You know, I always joke that I moved to Nashville to sing and got more acting work. And then I moved to LA to act and ended up in bands. So like things may come about in our life in a different timeline that we expect or in a different way that we expect. So being so stuck on the way we think it should go can sometimes take us a really long way around the things that are already happening in our life. Yeah. Cause life is, is not cut and dry. And we didn't expect that our son was going to die. Well, we couldn't change it. We fought to, but, you know, we need to make the best of it. We needed to learn. We needed to, okay. I mean, I remember after he passed away and I was lost because for, for eight years, I'd been the caregiver in well, even more than eight years, but um, what did I do? You know, wh- who am I now? Because w- he's gone. All I did was, you know, I, my, I was always concerned. Okay, I can't really leave to go here. Well, somebody better stay with him here. And I didn't have all of those things. And so we had to learn. I had to learn and I had to sit back and find who I was again. And And so whether it's a divorce, whether it's a chronic illness, whether it's job that, you know, we're in a career for 20 years and the corporate life changes and we no longer have, have, you know, we're no longer employed there. It's all about embracing as hard as it is to embrace that opportunity that comes our way instead of becoming bitter you know, sometimes it's hard to not be upset, but we got to get through that and well, not stay stuck. You have to honor those feelings when they come up too, right? Because right. trauma and loss are not linear. You know, everybody is there right at the beginning and then they go back to their lives and then something comes up two years later that has you just feeling like a mess and it's all changed, right? Everyone's back to their normal life and you're like, okay, how am I going to deal with these things? And yeah, you know, there might be times where, staying in bed or trying to be positive just doesn't work. Like I've had times where I'm like, I'm going to go angry run. I'm going to go scream into a pillow. I'm going to, you know, it may not look the prettiest or like, yes, I'm being so motivational, but it's what you need that day. And so just honoring that and like, you just kind of have to ride some of those waves out until the next day comes and you're like, okay, how is it going to go today? But it really is just a day-to-day walk and, and really being kind to yourself on the journey is what I always say. Cause you just, we're all doing the best we can with what we have, right? <laughs> and, and to go back to something you said a minute ago, Annette, uh, about learning, I think that's a critical thing uh, right now is the importance of learning and being ever learning and always uh, recognizing that there are things that uh, we can, there are ideas that we can gain. There are perspectives that we can uh, gain that may not uh, have been there this time last year. Uh, one of one of the uh, the heroes of uh of a corporate uh, consultation, management consultation, Peter Drucker, that passed away about 16 years ago or so. He he said something that I think uh, has a lot of relevance today. He said that the greatest danger in times of turbulence is not the turbulence itself. 
it's uh, it's acting with yesterday's logic, mm. and 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 I think that uh, we we all are well. I shouldn't say we're all, but we're learning to not act with yesterday's logic. I, I believe that we we are becoming more resilient. Uh, we're becoming more apt to being able to to pivot with change. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think I kept hearing so much of people saying like, I just want to go back to the way things were, or I can't wait till I get here. And it's, you have to just be where you are in this moment. And you can't go back to what was before as much as you may want to. Every day we're just changing. And so you're either evolving or you're staying in the same place wishing that you could go back. So you're right. It is about, okay, how do we move forward in this and, and not acting from that yesterday's knowledge place? It's all about creating the life we actually love. And... And that's something that you teach in your book. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about honoring yourself, you talk about, you know, honoring these feelings and relationships and, and all that's going on in our life. That's exactly how we need to, to live our life. Because I think so often we might shove those negative feelings down instead of, in, you know, going through and processing, they, it, they're there. Our bodies store everything. And we need, at some point, we're going to have to, um, to allow ourselves to feel. And so if we can find that courage within us as we're pivoting to feel, then we can honor those experiences as we are creating the life that we really would love and that we really want to have. It's just this concept that I think sometimes we felt like we couldn't do that. Yeah. I always say should is the worst word in, in the dictionary, I believe, because we're so busy, you know, thinking I should be here. I should be doing this or comparing ourselves to other people instead of stepping back. And I, I like to come at it from a curious point of view, like, okay, let's see where this goes. Uh, and just knowing that like, it's going to be okay, no matter what our guts will tell us if we're going the wrong way in something, whether that's career relationships, whatever it is, but having that sort of open curiosity to it, instead of feeling like if I go this way then this is going to happen and then that's the end result. And this is what my life's, we don't know. We can always pivot and we can always change. And, you know, sometimes change happens to us that maybe we don't expect so instead of feeling like any choice you make is the be all end all or a relationship or a job, you know, this, this is it. I got to make it work because there's nothing else out there. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay to make those changes. And, you know, I think the average person changes careers seven times in their life. But for some reason, whenever we make changes in our life, we feel like we're failing or we're taking a step backwards. We're always moving forwards. You're just either moving toward where you want to go or not. <laughs> so it's making those choices. So, so before we started this conversation, Monica, I had this idea of what an adventurist was. And, and, and being an adventurist, in my mind, was uh, enjo enjoying the great outdoors, enjoying activities out there. But I think you've given us a perspective that's a little bit different, that to be an adventurist, we can be an adventurist in life. And it sounds like that's what uh, we're talking about here is adventure is, is so broad. And being an adventurist is, is not about uh, just uh, taking a step outside, but uh, taking a step forward in our lives as well. 
Oh, yeah. I love the way you put that. I definitely, I mean, part of my reason for starting the travel show is because I want to encourage people to break out of their comfort zone. And I always say some people's comfort zone may be jumping out of an airplane. Some people's comfort zone may be going to dinner by themselves, you know? So it's just sort of figuring out where that line is and just towing it just a little bit. Just let's see what's on the other side of this kind of thing. So yeah, you're right. Adventure in life. So, so as we, as we kind of close our conversation here, uh, I, I, I just have to bring this up because uh, looking at your YouTube, uh, they're talking about being an adventurist. Wow. <laughs> but but I, I do have a question. I mean, some of us, you know, we've we've been to exotic places. We've we've done fun things. We've gone on some fun hikes. But one thing I've never done is to uh, to work on the trapeze. <laughs> <laughs> now explain that and tell us what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for just something unique to try, and I know that I'm afraid of heights, so I find myself in a lot of high places on the show. Um, and so I found this thing on the Santa Monica pier. It was for flying trapeze class. And, you know, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be, especially I, I went into it thinking we're going to spend half a day training and they just sort of threw the harness on me and said, okay, head up the ladder. And you're like, what? You know, <laughs> I mean, you're strapped in. So obviously like you're going to be okay, but it took me a very long time to jump off that platform. The first time <laughs> it was, uh, definitely something unique. But I would do it again. It's a lot of fun. If that's not facing your fears, I don't know what is. Right. <laughs> so, so Monica, any any last thoughts that you have uh, for our listeners today as to maybe any epiphanies that you've you've learned? You've shared some great ones with us already, but anything that you've learned during maybe the last year or so that you feel has been critical to how you have been able to not only act but react to life. Yeah, I would say try to use any any pivot, any change in your life that's happening right now as an opportunity to step back and ask yourself if you're on the right path. And if not, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? And just kind of always go back to checking in with yourself, but really being kind right now um, to yourself and others and giving yourself that space to feel whatever you're going to feel, honor it, and then move forward and then lean into the pivot. But um, self-care, I feel like it's just so important these days with everything going on, you know, Tune, tune, tune out, turn off the news if you need, you know, relax, mm -hmm. uh, find people that can support you and just, yeah, be kind to yourself, be curious and be adventurous in life. So critical to, to do all those things that you just shared with us. Um, I just want everyone to know that we will have a link in the show notes to Monica's book, The Power of Pivoting. And um, it's going to be, a great adventure for all of us as we, we go forward in life. So thank you for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Monica as we've discussed life changes, pivoting, and the power of pivoting and finding ourselves and creating a life that we actually love. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is one of the bravest things you will ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Karen.